0: This is an Equity Bates Media Podcast.
1: Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
2: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
1: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
3: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com/slash wondersweet.
1: I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is humorous.
2: Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy Ren, who's freezing over there. Uh,
4: freezing. <laughs> How are you going? Yeah, I'm good, Bryce. I, uh, as you've said, uh, I'm freezing. The reason I am freezing is because we're in a new studio in a new office. It's pretty exciting.
2: It is exciting. We've, um, we've upgraded Equitymates HQ. We're out of our WeWork office. We've outgrown it. We'd, um, we needed a new space yep. for creativity to keep content flowing, yep. to keep everyone updated on what's happening in the amazing world of markets.
4: They say that creativity is best when you're freezing cold, right?
2: Well, I hope this is a creative episode then.
4: So, if people are watching on YouTube, they probably see me sitting in front of a nondescript wall. They probably see Bryce sitting in front of a plant that hasn't made it out of the um yeah, the plastic pot that we got from Bunny.
2: Anyway, interior design is in our forte.
4: This is MVP. This is um yeah. this is we've moved in last Friday. And if people want to watch the move, uh, we've got some we saved it as a highlight on our Instagram stories. We've also been doing some market updates from the rooftop. Mm. so it's all um it's all happening. But it's, uh, there's a lot of work to go here. <laughs>
2: there is, but it's super exciting. The rooftop will be available at some point. We'll get some community members up, have a bit of a party. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Make sure you're switched in and uh, switched on to all of our social channels to keep yeah. abreast of that.
4: But Bryce, enough about us. Yes. Let's get into what's going on. And before we do, it's important to remind everyone...
2: We are not experts. We're not financial professionals. We are not licensed. We're here learning just like you and nothing on this podcast should be taken as advice. Do not take financial advice from a podcast nice. r- run by Ren and I. Yes. Anyway, Ren, today, massive show. No, no,
4: not by, run by anyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care about anyone else. But um, <laughs> Ren, massive show today. We've got more earnings wrap. America is taxing buybacks. Will companies care? We're going to talk about single stock ETFs. Can you believe it? We've hit that point in the ETF uh, market. And are meme stocks back or did they ever disappear? But Ren, let's kick off. You're worried about our future. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm worried about the amount of things that we say and how that seems to be coming back to bite people. Uh, but this is particularly about Larry Fink from BlackRock. Yes. Um, in 2017, so this is about crypto. Uh, so
2: Larry's the CEO and founder of BlackRock for those yes, interested. Yeah. Yes,
4: BlackRock is the world's second largest asset manager. They have the iShares ETFs mm. and a bunch of other things. <laughs> uh, just, just a few other things. They got like, what, $9 trillion under management? Yeah, yeah, something stupid. Do you know who the biggest asset manager in the world is? Vanguard. Too easy. Do you know who the third biggest is? Um, f- no. I think it's State Street. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, keep yeah. moving. <laughs> so 2017, Larry Fink, quote, Bitcoin is an index of money laundering. Okay. Pretty strong. Mm-hmm. 2021, uh, comes out and explains why BlackRock is bullish on blockchain, but not Bitcoin. That was the real refrain for a while there. Uh, and then a couple of weeks, oh, last week, uh, they come out and announce, well, they pick Coinbase to provide clients, BlackRock clients with direct Bitcoin access. What a turnaround in five years. What a
2: turnaround. And so you're you're worried about what we will be saying <laughs> looking back on in five years' I time mean, that yeah. we said.
4: You're coming out and saying you've picked a fight with the RBA. Now, how's that gonna look in five years? <laughs> Probably you see really good. inflation is softening <laughs> in the US? <laughs>
2: Probably really good, but it is a big one eighty from from BlackRock considering what's going on in the crypto market at the moment as well. but What's going on? Not it, a lot. It feels
4: like it's plateaued and yeah. Bitcoin's holding around 20,000.
2: Yeah. Well, Larry's a bit all over the shop at the moment, anyway, I feel.
4: Yeah, I don't think we need to unpack it a lot. <laughs> I think it's just interesting that people were so strong against it and you
2: know now they're all flipping yeah maybe yeah.
4: you know what we're, we're going to talk about single stock ETFs later in this episode maybe that's the thing that will slam and then True. in five years we're we'll, all investing in <laughs> <the> <laughs> equity rates will only be doing single stock ETFs. <laughs> not
2: bad all right, Ren, right let's turn to earnings wrap because we're well and truly in the thick of it at the moment uh earnings coming from the states and also now starting to come out of australia here so let's start with uh the high level the nasdaq the tech heavy nasdaq is up more than 20% from its recent June lows. Technically now it is in a bull market. What the? Is that right? Yeah. As of last night, um, time of recording. We're through. Just like a bear market is 20% uh, from its highs, a bull market technically is a 20% rip up from a low. So considering where uh, we were probably, well, (laughs) what we were saying five weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But it (laughs) Um, feels, I I
4: don't know, maybe I'm just- just way too contrarian but now like this guy <laughs> this guy only three weeks ago was, we're out of it all yeah, clear. yeah, yeah, well i called the bottom a little too early but i i was <laughs> like number one yeah. never, never
2: call the bottom
4: <laughs> but i you know i was in the office being like uh, the worst has passed blah 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 as everyone was like the sky is falling but now it kind of feels like everyone's feeling too good it's like inflation is 8.7% rather than 9.4% and everyone's having a party. <laughs> this guy's never happy. Unbelievable.
2: Anyway, it, um,
4: if you're- a- Look, I think the, the takeaway is you just don't know.
2: You just don't know. Yeah. And you just, you've just got to stick to your strategy. Ma- I imagine, think more-
4: imagine if people- had sold when the panic set in in like late May, early June and everyone was like, this is going to be terrible, this is going to take a long time because they were the headlines, that was the media and in, in like professional investors were coming out. Bill Ackman probably had a tweet thread saying the same thing and then out of nowhere, it's, it's really rallied.
2: Mm. I think this is a classic example of why you need a strategy on how to deploy cash when the markets are going down and not deploy 100% of your cash.
4: Or you just have a strategy that's market agnostic.
2: Yeah, dollar cost average, whatever yeah. it may be. I think what uh, you know, everyone. Oh wow, the, uh, Nasdaq is in a bull market. Hey guys, look at the local Aussie tech market index for the Aussie tech is up thirty percent.
4: Wow. since since the Caught low that America Ca- that Nasdaq <laughs> up
2: 30% since uh, June lows as well so okay. it's it's also ripping if you're unfamiliar with the Aussie tech index it's got companies such as zero computer share seek wise tech which we spoke about last week rea which we will speak about in a minute some of australia's biggest tech companies pulling that um pulling that <laughs> market through so we're back stocks are back everyone yeah. pil- <laughs> pile back in
4: <laughs> i think i like i we've said this a number of times and we'll keep saying it that Every bear market, like every market fall except for March 2020 has had a, a false breakout, a dead cat bounce, a uh, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And so this could be that. Mm. And we could have another leg down, but we also might not. Mm. So with that helpful insight, let's yes, keep great rolling. Insight there. All right,
2: let's keep ripping through earnings. Ren, R-E-A, uh, yes. realestate.com here in Australia, they just keep on plugging away.
4: Revenue up, profit up, earnings per share up, dividend up. REA.
2: REA. keeps going. We had actually interviewed their CEO, Owen Wilson, for our summer series.
4: Not that Owen Not Wilson. Not that <laughs> Owen
2: Wilson. Uh, it was a fascinating interview. Gave great insight into their plans for international expansion as well. So uh, check that out. Yeah. Ren, Zillow.
4: Yeah, well, I figured if we're going to talk about REA group, realestate.com.au, we should talk about their biggest peer over in the states. Yeah. Who some may say played America's red hot housing market over the last few years as terribly as you could play it. Yep. And their stock price reflects that. You know They were trying to flip houses. They were trying to do all this stuff. But a stat that caught my eye from their recent report, so they, their numbers disappointed the market, we should say. <laughs> uh, this didn't disappoint me though. So for context, Twitter, 330 million monthly active users. LinkedIn, 310 million monthly active users. Their social media platforms, Zillow, a real estate listing site, 234 million monthly active users. Wow. Just below Twitter and LinkedIn. Are you not amazed by that? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big numbers. I'm
2: just trying to compare it to REA because they have something extraordinary as well. I don't think it'd be that many, but
4: Well, I mean, Australia's population Yeah, but Australians uh, love housing. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are unique users. This oh, okay, isn't yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So 234 million. I mean, I imagine that Zillow isn't just Australia uh, sorry, just American, but still.
2: Yeah, pretty impressive. Pretty big numbers.
4: Huge numbers. Yeah.
2: And they still they still disappoint.
4: Well, yeah. So there's that. Let's keep (laughs) moving, Brian. Australian banks. uh, NAB has disappointed. So first week of earnings season in Australia. There's been a trickle this week and the spigot opens next week um, and we'll get a flood. Uh, But we got two of the big banks, NAB and ComBank. One disappointed, one didn't. Have a guess who was who.
2: NAB disappoint, ComBank doesn't. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) No, they both actually disappointed a little bit, but just... Combank disappointed less. They both grew though. Nab grew about 3% revenue up about 3% profit up about 3%, not bad. Yeah. Below inflation, but Combank was up about 10%. Nice.
1: That
4: like dead numbers. I think the the pleasing thing about Combank and this is all from memory, we should have written this down, but all of their key business lines were up. So home lending was up about 7%, home deposits was uh, like deposits from People like us was up about 10%. Business lending was up about 14%. And then business deposits was up about 15%. So mm. some strong numbers there.
2: I saw the mix of their customers has really changed. They used to be the bank of the mum and dad. And now uh, I think the majority of their home loans uh, with customers who have average income of between two hundred and five hundred thousand dollars and $500,000 a year. So servicing-
4: $200,000 and $500,000 a year. Yeah, so right.
2: going from the family bank to-
4: so they're eating Macquarie's lunch.
2: Yeah, yeah. Interesting change in customer mix. But let's keep moving. Ran A2 milk. Yeah, a stock that has been a darling for some of our the community of equity mates over the past sort of decade or so, five years or so. It's been rejected by the US.
4: Yeah. So if people haven't been following this story. Uh, Bellamy's, which is no longer listed, and Bubs, the goat milk infant formula player, have benefited from America's infant formula shortage after Abbott Labs had that contamination scare earlier this year at their Michigan factory. America, for some reason, is super protective of their infant formula industry. There's three US companies that just dominate, Nestle, Abbott, and one other. Anyway, uh, the market, uh, they, they realised how little resilience there was in their supply chains after abbott shut down and so they gave all these emergency authorizations for foreign infant formula makers to enter the u.s market bob's got in super early and they've been killing it ever since a2 milk have been waiting they've been trying to get this uh, emergency authorization uh last week they got turned down
2: mm, no mm, good so no not good. good yeah and the share price I haven't looked got probably got bombed but speaking of bombing i select yeah <laughs> here in the in australia i select uh, an insurance company uh, no comparison site mm-hmm. they've left the asx after dropping uh, 91% in value yes. since they IPO'd. yeah
4: well i mean they're getting acquired.
2: since uh, within 6 months of their listing no rent in 2013 within 6 months
4: yeah
2: they missed their all of their prospectus forecasts yeah. and were being uh, investigated by asic
4: and their ceo quit
2: and they lost their ceo <laughs> <laughs> not a great ipo
4: no well i mean great for the shareholders that got out at the ipo
2: yes but not great for the retail investors who got in. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So, down 91%. The uh, acquisition comes from a competitor, Compare the Market, or the the parent company of Compare the Market. At a premium, um, I think the stock was up about 70% on the day of the announcement. Yeah, I think it was trading at about 16 cents and the, the takeover's at 30 cents. So, good for people that bought in right at the bottom.
2: Compare the market; those two little meerkats. Meerkats, yes, yeah. yes. Ran BHP trying to buy Oz Minerals. Yeah, they say it's been a merger in uh, waiting. Even the best companies fail, is what we've got written here.
4: <laughs> yeah. So there's. BHP say this is about getting more exposure to future metals, copper and nickel. I think are the two main ones. Uh, But BHP for years have had trouble with their Olympic Dam project in South Australia, Mm. and Oz Minerals have the have mines like either side of Olympic Dam. And so many people are saying this is squeeze. This is about efficiencies and synergies. You know, you uh, expand Olympic Dam, and it's two neighbouring. Mines into one big one and you can use the you can use the same infrastructure and, mm, and all mm, of that stuff but for me it's just a nice reminder that even the biggest and best companies they still struggle they do and they still fail <laughs> they do
2: so that's a that's a wrap of what's been happening across the u.s and here in australia with earnings wrap but uh Stay tuned on our social media. We've got a calendar of what's coming up this week. Ren, what have we got our eyes on for reporting this week? Some big names.
4: Yeah, so this week, as we said, the... Uh, is it a spigot? Is that the right terminology? I don't know, but uh, anyway. The floodgates open? Yep. That works. Yes. Um, so today, uh, on the day this episode released, a few that we're watching, JB Hi-Fi, um, Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, GPT Group. Um, then uh, later this week, BHP on Tuesday, Tassel, the salmon mm-hmm. farming uh, company, Temple and Webster, the online... Uh, Homewares retailer, furniture
2: Furniture retailer.
4: Uh, Wednesday, super retail group, uh, Rebel Sport, all of that. Uh, CSL Mm -hmm. um, and Magellan. That'll be an interesting one to see. Thursday, we've got Transurban, we've got Blackmoors, we've got Origin, the ASX themselves, new CEO. How's that uh, new chess settlement system going? And then Friday, uh, Cochlear, AGL, Clean Away. So a big week. This week, big week, I'm going to be keeping
2: an eye on the sentiment from a number of companies and comparing it to that of the similar sort of sectors over in the States. Will the retailers, will the Walmart sentiment carry across to here in Australia? Coles and Woolies. Coles yeah, and Woolies. Yeah, they're
4: not next week. They're the week after, I
2: think. So just going to be keeping an eye on what some of these CEOs are forecasting the next six, 12 months to be like. That's worth keeping an eye on. But Ren- and
4: will we just... Uh, we've set ourselves the challenge of trying to put a whole bunch of this stuff on our so- stories on Instagram. So hopefully you see it there. Otherwise, we failed in our challenge. But... um. Yeah, head over to our Instagram to keep up to date with this reporting season. That's it. The most important reporting season until the next one. That's it. (laughs) Oh, you can't hear. (laughs) Uh, For those that can't
2: see the YouTube video, we have a new uh, roadcaster system here for the new office and I just gave Ren an applause, which you would have heard, but Ren's not wearing headphones, headphones. so you can't hear it.
4: (laughs) Cool, keep it in. Anyway, (laughs) so
2: Ren, let's move on. Um, We both have a gripe to bring up. And that's what we're here to do. Make the um, world of investing more accessible. And I'm sure. <laughs>
4: yeah, by complaining. No, I, that know, makes I know, it I know more that accessible. my gripe has
2: actually been brought up in the community. So I'm happy that I aligned with that. But you, you, you kick off. Okay, I came well, in this morning and you were hot under the collar.
4: I was a bit hot <laughs> under the collar, even in a freezing cold <laughs> studio. Um, So I'm not going to name the broker, but um, I tried to buy a stock that is dual listed in Europe and the US. And when I tried to buy the European version of it, it, I was told this is not suitable for European retail clients. Now, to be clear, this is not a CFD or an exotic product, an option or anything. This is just straight up the stock.
2: And you're an Australian.
4: And I'm an Australian. (laughs) I'm not a European retail client. And it is a massive company, like multi billion dollar market cap, all of that. And so I was was troubleshooting it. I was like, what's going on here? Why can't I buy this stock? I had enough money in there. I've bought European stocks through this broker before. So it's not like I haven't got the authorization or, you know, there's forms that need to be filled out. And then I try and buy the US version of it. They're only accepting closing positions on this stock, not opening positions. And so I've just got to say, why? Why? (laughs) Just let me buy the stocks that I want to buy.
2: Wait till Reddit hears about this.
4: You're not there to block. Like, you're not, you're an agent for the investor. You're not the market maker. You're not the exchange itself. Just take our orders. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there is a reason, but it just really annoyed me. I was a bit hot this morning. You were. I've cooled down a little bit. Hopefully you can get in at some point. Well, after yeah. After hear Hopefully. this. <laughs> Hopefully when I become a European sophisticated investor. <laughs> true, true,
2: true, <laughs> true. Ren, my gripe, uh, a quick one. It, it does relate back to registries. I've been trying to transfer my employee stocks that I was awarded while I was at Woolworths mm. out of that plan and just into my brokerage account because it's been sitting in the registry and not actually visible in any of my brokerage accounts. Okay. But the registries have this stupidly old archaic process of confirming your identity and all of this sort of stuff. They only deal in letters. If when I transferred to a new SRN, they don't put the SRN online in your two-factor authentication portal. They send it via an a letter to your home. Now my registered address is my parents' place in Wagga. Okay. To change the registered address, you, you need, need to, to get in. a letter oh, sent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents are on this massive forwarding thing at the moment because everything goes to Wagga to then come to me. Why?
4: Wait, why are they forwarding it? Why don't they just take a photo of it?
2: Because that's just what they do.
4: <laughs> okay. Well, that, it feels like that could shortcut it a little bit. But anyway,
2: it's just such a di- di- ridiculous process, ripe for disruption. Yes. I know that there yes. is a registry out there that is disrupting this. I actually can't remember remember their name, but they've they're getting a lot of traction here in Australia or try and find the name. They're going digital. If they can do it, Oh my God, so Thank so, God. So, can, so can the rest. So I know that there are people in the community also having this struggle who live out rural areas. They don't live where their property where their registered address is and have massive trouble changing all of their details and actually using the registries as they're supposed to be used. So if you're listening registry, sort it out.
4: Yeah. I mean it should it's not even about, you know, like your parents being in Wagga or people having Rural addresses, or something. It's like every other industry doesn't need this much paperwork. Yeah, it's
2: called digitization.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure there are like archaic rules from ASIC or the ASX that mean that some things have to be recorded in paper form. You guys have the ears of some of the biggest companies in Australia Mm. and the ears of the ASX. Like, Get it going. Work cooperatively (laughs) to change it. (laughs) No one appreciates the amount of paperwork we get. No one. No
2: one. No one. one. Anyway, (laughs) there we go. Gripe's over. Back to stocks. After the break, we're going to be chatting about America taxing buybacks, single stock ETFs, and meme stocks. Are they back or did they ever leave? But before we do, we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
3: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. Well, Senate Democrats are introducing a new bill today that would impose a special tax on companies that buy back their stock. Now, this proposal. So,
2: Ren, to a big shares- bill passed over in the States and America are now taxing buybacks.
4: Yeah, so 1% tax on buybacks. For people unfamiliar with the term, uh, there are two ways that a company can return money to shareholders. The first is by paying a dividend, uh, the second is by buying back stock. So, remaining shareholders. Uh, Own a greater percentage of the company.
2: Do I care?
4: Do you care? No. (laughs) It's over in America. Well, you own a lot of American companies.
2: Here are two stats, Ren, to kind of contextualise this. The S&P 500 spent $280 billion on buybacks in the last three months alone and a staggering $1.24 trillion on buybacks in the past five years. It's been massive over in the States. Companies have been going crazy on hmm. the buyback front.
4: Yeah, and, th- and there are two reasons for that. The first is the textbook reason. It's a more tax-efficient way of returning money to shareholders. Outside of Australia, New Zealand, and Malta, who have dividend imputation or franking credits, outside of those three countries, if you... Uh, get paid a dividend as an investor, you get taxed on that and the company's already been taxed on their profit. So there's there's a double taxation problem. In Australia, we get franking credits. Um, so suck at the rest of the world. <laughs> 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 nah, but, um, so the textbooks will say it's more efficient for companies to just buy back their stock instead. Mm-hmm. There is a cynical reason, which is a lot of company CEOs are incentivized to push up the share price and... Uh, there A way to do that is to improve the per share metrics and a way to do that is to have less shares on issue so that will push up like your earnings per share and stuff like that. There is a financial engineering cynical argument about the numbers that you just rattled off there and there's also a economic textbook way. I think both probably are true in their own rights. But yeah, now there'll be a 1% tax as part of this big omnibus bill that the Senate just passed, probably going to pass the House this week. Mm. But I don't think it's really going to change anything.
2: No, it might change some behavior of companies maybe they'll pay a little more in dividends maybe they'll reinvest some of their profits back into the company but one percent tax not a whole lot
4: Mm. i heard this cnbc uh anchor just losing it about it like who who are the government to stick their nose into a company's balance sheet and tell them how to spend their money it's like (laughs) have
1: have you heard of tax they're doing
4: it sales tax Company tax, yeah. income tax, like companies are, are government sticking their nose in all the time.
2: Like a job.
4: Well, yeah. Depending on which way you look <laughs> at the role of government. But but yeah, it's just I think you know it's a pretty harmless tax. I don't think it will really change company behaviour. Yeah. I think yeah, it, it's still more tax efficient than making an investor pay between ten and thirty-seven percent. I think that that's the range of income tax brackets over in the US.
2: So Ren, single stock ETFs. Now we've seen the transition over the last decade or so. ETFs originally set up by Mr. Bogle, Vanguard to just track an index. Index tracking, that's all they were. Then we started seeing factor-driven thematic ETFs come through. And we've seen here in Australia particularly more and more ETFs come into the market that are more and more niche and providing different investment options. Now it continues. Have we gone too far with single stock ETFs? Single
4: stock ETFs. (laughs) What the hell? Single stock
2: ETFs. Yes, that is what they are. They're an ETF that comprises one stock. There are three issuers. AXS Holdings is one. Dirixion and Granite Shares all have Single-stock ETFs.
4: Yeah, so looking into this, so those are the three that have launched single-stock ETFs in the US. Europe was actually ahead of the US here. Uh, They first launched single-stock ETFs in 2018. But you you hear that and you're like, what is the reason for this? And there is an argument. I don't know how good an argument it is, but... Uh, some of the first offerings, leveraged Tesla, leveraged Apple, leveraged Coinbase. So you buy the ATF and it's like 1.5 times Tesla. So for every dollar, for every 1% that Tesla rises, your ATF rises 1.5%. Then there's also inverse Tesla, inverse Coinbase, and one that I don't think will be too popular, inverse Apple.
2: Mm, mm, shorting Apple.
4: But I guess like that's the the rationale, the use case that you can have a product that's internally leveraged or you can have a product that is short. It's not bad. I see it, obviously. I, mean, I, <laughs> I see it, yeah, it's happening. And there's been some big inflows. So have a guess what the most popular single stock ETF to date has been in the US. In Leverage the US. Tesla. <laughs> Leverage Tesla, Yeah. yeah. Oh actually, hold on, inverse Tesla. Oh, inverse Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short Tesla. $50 million in inverse Tesla. Average daily amount traded, $50 million. Okay,
2: pretty decent. Yeah. Not massive, but...
4: So, here's my question, Bryce. Mm -hmm. Are they going to run out of stock tickers? (laughs) because uh, uh, I just
2: put an L in front of the ticker of the company leveraged. there's a
4: world where it's like so right now they've also got nvidia paypal nike pfizer what's stopping them having every stock
2: nothing you can definitely see that as
4: as long as you can find a way to scale your operations as an etf issuer Mm. but I imagine like if these get popular there will be 100 platforms that help them do that particularly on the short side so you'd have you'd have the actual stock then you'd have an inverse, and you'd have a like a one point five times leverage, but then a two times leverage, three yeah, times exactly. leverage. So every increment of leverage up, and then you'd start having inverse ones that are leveraged as well. Yeah. So for one stock, you might have X amount of uh, single stock ETFs, but then you are going to have competing issuers as well.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you have competing issuers with everything in ETF world, so.
4: I'm just saying they're going to run out of stock tickets. (laughs) The the really annoying thing that I think will really frustrate me is it's going to get more confusing for the retail investor. So there's Tesla, TSLA. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, Tesla bull 1.5 times, TSLL. And then there's Tesla uh, bear one times, TSLS. And then there's another issuer with an inverse one, TSLQ. And you can just see that, like, people are going to get lost here. People are going to get confused.
2: They'll be buying things that they shouldn't be buying. Yeah, they'll be or buy- are unaware. They'll, wh- they'll of just what be trying to
4: buy buying. the stock, and it's like you know. So, Apple, AAPL, and then there's a bull 1.5 times AAPU. There's a bear AAPD. Uh, there's a 1.75 times long AAPB. It's just going to get it messy. Is is my point?
2: Yeah, it is going to get messy. Again, though, this is why you got to look under the hood. Before you buy anything, can't remind you enough of that.
4: What about this? We start fund of funds, ETF of ETFs, and we do an ETF of single stock ETFs.
2: Just leveraged ETFs. Just leveraged stocks. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, I could see myself getting around this in the short term, to be honest.
4: You are a very short term trader. (laughs) And that leads to the two key watch outs. We want to point out here. So if this is something you are interested in, two really important things to keep in mind, as well as just the general, why don't you just buy the stock itself? So first of all, watch the fees because Mm. it might be a single stock ETF, but there are still management fees attached to it. Granite shares, uh, they're about a 1.15% management fee. I think that's their average across their ETFs. Directions are a 0.95% management fee. Pretty expensive. Yeah, pretty expensive for, Mm. especially like if you're getting a 1.25 times leveraged ETF. So it's not like massively leveraged and then you're paying 1% management fee a year for the privilege. It doesn't. No. Anyway, um, so that's one. Watch the fees because there are fees. That's actually going to be a problem with our ETF of ETFs.
2: Massive fees. Yeah. (laughs) And we hate fees.
4: The second one, beta slippage. Yeah. Now, people might not be familiar with that term, but that's a key watch out with leveraged ETFs and especially leveraged ETFs that track daily performance because over the long term, tracking the day-to-day performance might mean it actually slips from the long-term performance.
2: Yeah, particularly with how most of these are set up with their synthetic derivatives and those sorts of things. Yeah. Not actually. The long positions could be better than the short's. But it's hard. it just depends on how they're set up. Particularly in the States, you should be very careful with any leveraged ETF, yeah. whether they're actually owning this, the underlying stocks and leveraging internally or if they're just buying derivatives mm. based on it. Because slippage, essentially what REN's getting to is that if it says you're going to get 5%, uh, you know, one and a half times the, the price movement, that's based on daily performance, not over a long period of time. And so moves day in day out if it if it sort of slips each day over sort of a year or two you might find that you're actually not quite near the total return if you were times it by one and a half or thereabouts
4: yeah and, and I guess like the really simple reason is if a stock falls 10% and then rises 10% it's not back to even no way let's not get uh bogged down here but beta slippage volatility decay uh the problems with leveraged etfs if if you are going to get into this world it's important to understand that concept so dior
2: dior that's it now to close out ren we can't uh miss what's been happening in the world of meme stocks they are i don't know if they went any anywhere but uh wall street bets they
4: definitely went somewhere
2: well, they're still at the, the same stocks are still hanging around, yeah. but um,
4: but like they, they definitely um
2: had a hiatus. Bed Bath uh, yeah, and yeah, Beyond yeah. though is up eighty five percent in the last two days was, at the yeah. time at the time of recor- recording. Wall Street bets absolutely getting around it. Bed Bath and Beyond, for those that are unaware, homewares retailer selling all things bed. Bath yep. and beyond. But
4: and if you go to uh, Wall Street Bets, the amount of people making uh, just the amount of posts about Bed Bath and Beyond is pretty crazy.
2: Check it out yeah. on Reddit. But here in Australia, Ren, we also have a meme stock, IVZ, otherwise known as an Invictus Energy.
4: Yes. Uh, so if Wall Street <laughs> Bets creates meme stocks over in the US, over here in Australia, we have ASX Bets, I feel like this is a segment where we need Specky McGee. Yes, But unfortunately, Specky McGee is catching some sun over in Europe. So, we we don't have him here. But um, I was on ASX Bets and Invictus Energy would have been going off the charts on the rocket emoji indicator.
2: Have you heard of it? I haven't heard of it, no. It looks like it's in a part of the market that I just don't pay attention to. Yeah. Small time resources exploration.
4: (laughs) Well, in March 2020, it was trading at one cent a share. It's now trading at $0.23 cents a share. It opened the year about 12 or $0.13. Cents. So, it's it's run up a bit, but it is an oil and gas company with a license to explore the Kibora Basa Basin in northern Zimbabwe. According to the company, quote, one of the largest underexplored interior rift basins in Africa. So, I am instantly out of my circle of competence. Is this a
2: meme stock or is this just a stock that's getting a lot of attention? Because... Of what it's doing, you know what I mean.
4: That is a great question, but like, what's the difference?
2: <gasps> the difference is that this the the price run here might it, it's not like a piss take from no, an on, it's online purely community. speculative.
4: It's purely speculative.
2: Yeah, but there's a difference between that and like a the AMC's and the Bed bars and Beyond, where it's just like a let's get around it a piss take vibe. You know what I mean?
4: Well, no, but like the. GameStop wasn't a piss take. There was a legitimate But it is
2: now. Like it's well and truly beyond any sort of company update that it came from. True. It's like well and truly now literally just let's just run this thing as when we feel like it vibe. Piss take. Do you know what I mean?
4: I know what you mean. Like I think
2: any company that just runs on speculation isn't a meme stock. I think- yeah.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, most like um mining explorers just have an element of speculation because yeah. there's so much uncertainty. I yeah. know what you're saying.
2: But the, I think the REI on this, the rocket emoji indicator, is the is the right call.
4: It's getting, it's a, lot of, its it's getting a lot of buzz on Reddit. For me, that's a meme stock they say. Right. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep an eye on the meme market. Hopefully, we can get Specky McGee on at some point when he returns from getting some sun over in Europe so he can talk us through what's been happening on the ro- rocket <laughs> emoji indicator. But Ren, that t- gets us to the end of today's show. There's plenty happening in markets. We'll be back next week with another market wrap to kick things off as more companies continue to report here in Australia and over in the US. Stay tuned. We've got plenty of experts as well. This Thursday, we're speaking with Nikki Skevak from Blackbird, one of Australia's leading venture capital firms here in Australia, to get his thoughts on all things VC what, what was it, Wild Hearts, Wild Dreams and his process on investing in early stage startups. It's fascinating convert.
4: Yeah, fascinating early investor convert. in Canva, early investor in Zooks, yep. the self-driving car startup that Amazon bought. Um, so some great stories there.
2: Natalie Brunel on Friday from, uh, from the States who is potentially one of the most bullish people I've ever met on <laughs> Bitcoin. So I just want to put that out there. She's incredibly <laughs> bullish. You'll understand why when you listen to the episode. And yeah, ca- yeah, I will, we will caution it that uh, it is not representative of our views here at, at Equity Mates. We
4: might have to top the actual episode saying this as well. <laughs> yes. But, but um, uh, if you love crypto, you'll love her. If you hate crypto, you'll hate her. <laughs> Either way, just give it a listen. <laughs> just
2: give it a crack. That's on Friday. And we'll be back next week to chat all things stocks, Ren.
4: Sounds good.
0: Equity Mates Investing podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.